All right. You got a new jingle here. So hope you enjoy that better than my beatboxing. This is Richard Mull, Dr. Richard Mull with Mullet Over Podcast. I want to welcome all of our guests. And we got an exciting guest here today, Joe Vasquez. Really looking forward to getting more of his story. He's an unsung hero here in Tampa Bay. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump in, I wanted to update our listeners some incredible things going on. We've been working on, uh, first of all, the property right adjacent to us has um, been offered to us. So we're looking at that. So we pray, and that's a couple of acres, and we would want it for housing for people coming out of human trafficking, uh, you know, different types of trauma, because uh, that's a lot of type ministry we do. I'm working with some others, and I'm looking forward to talking after the broadcast today, because there's some really interesting stuff happening. Um, but another thing is because of needing to minister to more people more effectively and multiply team, we were looking at creating a workbook, um, for a long time that everybody could go through a journey to healing and wholeness. And that has morphed into a series of courses that, because I kept going, man, to really walk someone through forgiveness to the point of healing is more than a simple guide. It, it is, it, it takes some, uh, a, lot, a fair amount of work for a lot of people to walk them through a lot of the different components of walking in wholeness. So we began putting these coaching courses together in a whole course. It's called uh, Journey to Freedom. Um, actually, no, Keys to Healing. Uh, we've, we've got several different ones that we're working on, but um, Keys to Healing. And uh, that is going to be for organizations like yours, like ours, um, could be able to use them. Um, I hope for her is considering using them. But it was for us because as we scale, as we grow, the need to walk people through that foundational stuff to getting whole body, soul, and spirit was was growing. And so we're really fired up about that. We have produced the first 10 courses and I'm developing a, a, a master disciples class as well. Um, that'll be, we'll be talking more about that in the days ahead. Kind of want to tease it because the first few people that I had talked to about being a part of that um, are ministry leaders, very busy people. I told them what I was looking to do over a nine month period of time. And the first two that I shared the whole vision with, no, actually first three said, I am in. I, I, this is what God's been telling me about and you're going to help me get there. Yes. So that's been pretty cool. I'm looking forward to talking more about that in days ahead. So just, just, that's a little teaser, but welcome Joe. Um, I want to, I want our listeners to get to know you. I want to get to know you better because you're new to Tampa Bay. And the first time I heard you, first time I saw you was at one of the community uh, meetings. And I was like, I want to get to know this guy. Like, I, I don't feel that every time. Um, I do, it is interesting, meeting with some of these groups, they're the unsung heroes of Tampa Bay. They're not, they don't have a bunch of people follow them. Almost every one of them needs a lot more money for what they're doing. And, and they are doing it at great sacrifice. And, um, but, and, and I don't even, I can't even say exactly what it was, but I was like, Joe, this is a guy I want to connect with. And I definitely want to connect more with you. The more time we've gotten to spend together, mostly at these community meetings. Uh, I've, I've, uh, um, I've, it's one of the reasons why you're here I've, this week. It's interesting because we've got several different people. We've got Coral, um, from, um, uh, empowered to change who is, we're going to be, uh, interviewing her on Friday and another one. I can't remember, but, but I, I all three, 
are unsung heroes in this region and um, organizations that are making an impact. You are with Lighthouse. We were just telling you we got a family member that's going through the work program there. Awesome. And uh, so I get to spend a night as a homeless person. Um, somebody that I really cared about, We they, they were here. They were part of Freedom Park and had set some boundaries and they crossed those boundaries. And I said, I said, um, you're going to have to leave, but I'm going to go with you. And, and this person had owned a very lucrative business at one time and was, and was making progress with us, but addictions were kind of ruling their life. And, uh, and, and so we dressed up in my paint clothes and uh, showed up and signed up didn't tell him who i was or what i did just filled out the paperwork didn't want to i didn't didn't want to lie on anything fortunately i didn't have to um and spent a night in there in one of the rooms with about 40 men uh sleeping in uh bunk beds awesome awesome but uh tell us who joe is okay well thank you again richard for having me this is a, a blessing of course and you know um you know how it goes uh when you kind of make that choice in life to start following God and yeah. uh, the path that you didn't plan for and the things that come uh, into your life. And uh, I would have never thought years ago that I would have uh, walked into the arena to serve the homeless, the poor, the mm. addicted mm. folks that most people don't spend that time with. The world you came out of? No, <laughs> no. And I didn't, I didn't think that's what I was going to be called to in ministry, but you know, I did feel uh, called to step into ministry and, um, and it just kind of led to that and, and, uh, started volunteering at, at, at a startup rescue mission in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And now I've been in rescue ministry for 27 years wow. and advocating anywhere I go for that population and how, uh, even small churches or organizations can get involved, uh, to help folks that most people don't want to, to work with. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did that journey begin for you? Well, um, you know, uh, uh, I'll just say you beyond <laughs> the volunteer state. Well, I was, uh, of all things, I, 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 uh, so I, I, you know, I, I, uh, was a military child. My mm-hmm. father and my mother and father retired in, in Colorado Springs. We got, we went there from, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. And I never heard of Colorado at 12 years old. It was, it, it, it's a state. For the, <laughs> so we go there. We really didn't like it because back in the 70s, it was much like a small town. But um, I um, eventually I was uh, old enough to leave home. And I uh, left and went to New York, came back. And of all things, I got involved with a, a gentleman and I became a bail bondsman. And I did that for almost eight years. And uh, at the same time, I also got saved getting a, a haircut of all things. Huh. Uh, yeah, just going through a lot of life changes and a, and a friend, uh, a family friend. I was getting my haircut and she was going through worse problems than me. And you know how that goes. It just And she's talking to me about Jesus. And, and I was like, I know all about, I know about Jesus. I know about Jesus. But she just kept talking to me with a with peace in her life. Mm-hmm. And I listened. And, and so she's, you know, through that process, she says, how about we pray? Why don't you ask, ask him to come into your life? And, wow. and I did it <laughs> at a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and That's that, cool. and that just started the path of, 
of change. And, and, um, then I was, I got involved in the church. I started at a, uh, four square Pentecostal church of all places, but oh, you know, we're, <laughs> a small, a small place, very family oriented. And, and they embraced a young, long haired, single guy. Um, and long so I had, a, <laughs> I had a, a whole bunch of aunties all of a sudden that yeah. well, were always asking where I was at when they didn't see me, but all of it was in love, of course. And, um, then I, uh, started it. You just kind of, your heart opens and you get excited about what God's doing. And Hey, you know, these, these charismatics are really excited about this. And so I started attending a charismatic church and, you know, of course that ruined me, um, even more. And one day I was walking out of the church and one of the ladies said, can I talk to you for just a moment, brother Joe? And, and I said, sure. And she said, um, well, um, when you were worshiping, there was this really tall man. He probably, he was, he was like eight or nine feet tall behind you. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me and said, go tell him that God's calling him to ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, of course you're, you're young in the Lord. And I just like, oh, that's awesome. And I, <laughs> I went back and told my mom and we're leaving the church and within months, um, I, I left the business I was in lucrative business, making great money to go to school at night. And, um, I started going to, uh, a Bible college, mm-hmm. Karis Bible college. Uh, yeah. some people will probably know Andrew Womack. Yep. So, um, and that That's just got me on a path to, to getting involved and, uh, did a lot of things with those folks and got ordained. And then I started serving at a, a startup rescue mission in Colorado Springs where they didn't have any buildings or anything yet. We just started going out and bringing lunches and out in the parks and, and that opened the doorway for me. I kept hearing it. So, (laughs) so you're serving in this homeless ministry. Yes. And, 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 did did you graduate from Karis? Yes, I did. And, uh, went on multiple, um, missions trips thinking mm-hmm. I was going to help start at one of the Bible schools in another country. And every time I'd come back, I'd kind of give God the, I'll wait a month. And if I still feel that energized about it, um, and it didn't happen. To, uh, and at, uh, my graduation, uh, of course, Andrew and all the leadership, they lay hands on you and pray for you. And, and he, and, and in his, you know, Western twang, he says, Joseph, I think God's calling you to stay there at the mission. And mm. so, and I sat down and I wasn't feeling all that excited about the, yeah. the homeless then, but I just said, okay, father, if that's what you want. Um, and just started to pursue, um, you know, preparing myself. I, I was already running a men's shelter and a few years later I became the CEO and really that opened up a lot of things on, on how to work with the homeless and people struggling and, and zoom, the ride has been 27 years of wow. miracles and yeah. just seeing amazing things and yeah. just thanking God for being able to be part of, you know, seeing lives change, which is, you know, we're all, we're all about that. Yeah. So you have an angel show up tell a lady to talk to you and, and then you've gotten to see miracles. Tell me some of the miracles. Wow. Um, miracles. Um, of course, healings, you know, 
um, plenty of healings. Um, uh, one guy who's, I have a lot of spiritual sons now. Yeah. And of course, uh, one is, is in Manila. He died uh, he, before he went to Manila. He died on the floor of a bathroom mm-hmm. at a party uh, of a drug overdose. And they mm-hmm. revived him on the way to the hospital in the, in the, in the ambulance. So his testimony, he'll tell you, he saw hell. He went to hell mm-hmm. and, um, but he came to the mission, uh, started the program. And I told his family, he'll never make it because he had conflicts with staff and programmers and mm-hmm. volunteers. And mm-hmm. it was everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. And, um, never seen that again. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of a par for the courses, but, but eventually he, he, he started to open his heart up and, um, and, and I, you know, and I know him today. He, he's a miracle. He's li- he was dead once. Now he's alive. Mm-hmm. He's, he's serving in Manila, uh, helping, um, head start schools basically wow. where there's like 25 of these schools where there's like 40 students. And so for the, for, for those people, the difference between their kids being in, in education is they're working mm-hmm. five-year-old kids go out and start to work mm-hmm. to help in the home. So they're helping them with fresh water and of course you know helping them get their kids on a path of education which everyone's hopefully will change their lives yeah so that's probably the most powerful thing i've seen happen but i've seen people with long prison terms um rescinded i've seen families restored i've seen people that were once dead alive yeah. literally alive i've seen healings and yeah. um you know, families brought together, especially men that, you know, mm-hmm. we work a lot with men and, you know, when they, uh, Shannon Dunnan, who is now, uh, uh, he works at Springs Rescue Mission and he's a, a, a therapist there. Well, this was a guy who was, who came in the program and I remember vividly, he said, you know, um, I, I can't see God using me. I've done so many bad things. He destroyed his family and lost everything. And long story short, he finished the program. He went off to Bible college. He went and got his master's degree in counseling. And now he's back there and he's working with men. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can go touch him. And he, wow. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, so those are a few things that I've seen that have been really amazing. That is cool. So, um, there was something you said kind of, I can't remember if it was at the beginning of the podcast or a little before, just about uh, stuff that the church is doing or not doing. Um, tell me some of your thoughts about that. Because um, I know there are people that say that you and I, some of what we do is quote, quote parachurch. Mm-hmm. It's outside the church. It's alongside the church. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Am I pushing a button? That's a that's a really good question, Richard. Because <laughs> you know that's that's loaded, and you know um, we're not the church, but we're part of the church. Mm. And and you know, ha- having worked in uh, rescue ministry for a number of years, um, you know, we're we're hopefully churning out people that will graduate they're they're not supposed to stay in rescue missions they're not supposed to mm-hmm. stay in shelters mm-hmm. forever the the mm-hmm. goal is that they go back and join a healthy community of believing people mm-hmm. so that's what we're hoping will be you know having come out of the result of being part of us but 
you know, in love, I can look at most pastors and say, we exist because they're not doing the job, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, um, the nice thing is people are looking at discipling and, and discipleship and mm-hmm. what that looks like more than the, you know, and again, uh, I, uh, not to point fingers at anyone, but recognizing, you know, we talked about this earlier, all this takes a lot more time yeah. to, to see people's lives change. It takes time. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember in the early years, you know, they would talk about two weeks and 30 days and 90 day programs to turn a person's life around. <laughs> and yeah. the recidivism rates yeah. are so high that yeah. it's like, you know, and now the conversations are around, well, it, it, it could take six, seven years. Yeah. The process of really, you know, for them to walk in a total newness, mm-hmm. um, just because you have to build relationship and you have to walk with people and stay with them and work through the struggles and, and for them to go through the transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I had a great question and it left my mind. Um, I was like, so dying to ask that question too. Um, so oh, you, you probably have had some churches where you go, my ideal, uh, the best ex- experience I've had of working together with a local church. What, what would that look like? Wow. So um, generally speaking, it's not the mega church. Mm-hmm. They're busy doing all their own things. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's wrong with that. Um, but, you know, so they're busy taking care of their own programs and their own outreaches and events mm-hmm. and, and all those kinds of things. So usually it's going to be smaller churches mm-hmm. that that the, the message resounds with them. Mm. that it's getting out of your walls, get it. Mm. The church isn't, isn't the building. It's not, yeah. it's the community of people. And when they really can embrace it, you know, everybody can do something, you know, and yeah. this, this idea that only clergy or certain people, or you don't have education and no, everybody can participate in, in the, you know, in, in community because that's where the stuff is all centered is people yeah. have lost that. Yeah. They've broken down, you know, yeah. relationships and destroyed many of them. So they don't have that place that they can, who do you go talk to? Who do you share with? Who do you share your dreams with, your thoughts? And so the small churches, small and medium size that are looking to um, do something beyond giving, you know, checks and um, and that they would participate. I mean, and that's the whole point is getting involved mm-hmm. where they're either met doing mentorships or teaching, you know, coaching. You don't have to be a teacher to teach, mm-hmm. you know, but, but you can coach people and you can walk beside them and, yeah. and, and, and help them along the way. And more could be done there, yeah. which there's still a, a significant gap where yeah. people are willing to, you know, spend that much time with an individual person mm-hmm. that's not, your golfing buddy or your family friends yeah. or your church member. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what Lighthouse is doing in this area is pretty huge. Tell us some about Lighthouse and all that they got going on. You are the director of ministries for Hillsborough, Hillsborough County. So yeah, there's a lot. You guys do a lot. All I knew about for a long time is these places I could go drop my clothes off at and pick clothes up at. <laughs> And, and then I, I actually have gotten to speak some down at, um, in the place uh, in Lakeland. And, um, you know, 
yeah, I've been a part of that. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been down there. And I don't like I don't remember who even connected me or how I got connected, but I, I have enjoyed the times that I've gotten to come down there. So, well, uh, uh, I arrived here in um, Lakeland uh, a year and a half ago um, from all places. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah. I was the wow. CEO over there, but with visions of my parents getting older. And they live here in Spring Hill. So if an opportunity could present itself to come here, which it did. And so I came to work at Lighthouse Ministries. They've been uh, helping the people of uh, so with the West Central Florida. Good uh, job. For, <laughs> for about, uh, they're in their 46 year. 46 years they've been helping people and. Um, so we're, we're members of a larger national organization. It used to be called the association of gospel rescue missions, um, with a hundred and almost 20 year history of helping people working in their communities. It is now called city gate network, but they are a member of the same organization, which I've been part of for all these years. And so familiarity, so you kind of have an idea what they're already doing and they work in the area of, uh, rescue so they have an overnight shelter for men where we can house up to 80 men to get them off the streets then um we do um uh, recovery so we have for men and women and um, we work with uh men that are the, the, the first thing of course is to get them in stabilize them and then over a six to eight month period the hope is to work with them to develop a life plan to go forward and whether it's through a working program, going back to school, um, helping them if they're, you know, physically not going to be able to go back to work that they have to uh, work towards, you know, dealing with their disabilities and how to get them permanently housed. And then of course we work with women and we have a, uh, um, accredited daycare through the state. So we work a lot with women that have lost their children through the courts for, you know, their past foolishness, I'll just say. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to get their children back. So, so we work a lot with ladies that are doing that. Um, all of this of course is in the, in, in, in the addictions recovery. So there's there, that element is involved in, in most of their, uh, day. But, um, of course we have our hope centers, which are also our thrift store. So you can shop, but uh, people can go to the Hope Centers and get assistance. Uh, or they can get prayer, of course. They can uh, also get assistance with things like food boxes monthly, housewares, towels, dishes, bedding, um, furniture assistance. And, um, and then, of course, we have two education centers where we uh, are doing all, all of this as adult education from uh, of course, we're getting ready to start the faith yeah. and finance. So great class helping people with, you know, the basics of learning financial literacy. And we think it's really great because it's, it's includes God, not some higher power or it's, yeah. it's all about God and use scripture in there. But, uh, GED English is a second language in it and a variety of other, uh, courses. So, um, pretty wide range of, of things we do, um, and homeless intervention, of course, which is out in the, you know, out on the streets, finding the homeless, but then of course, people that are struggling with potential eviction and looking for assistance to uh, get into housing. So we work with that as well. How big is that need? 
Oh. <laughs> Good question. Very loaded. Um, the sad thing is, you know, um, and again, uh, I'm guessing we can just, we're just at this point, I, you can share opinions, of course, yeah. but, um, you know, the way we've, uh, developed in our country to this, this, uh, people becoming dependent on government assistance. Well, it's a pandemic, you know, at this oh, point, there are yeah. millions of millions and living in Florida, you know, people kind of think of this as, as a retirement state. And so you have all those that are not prepared for retirement. So you have that entire population of people that are seeking help. Then you have people coming down here because they think, you know, employment's going to be great. The cost of living used to be really awesome. And Shazam, uh, everything has skyrocketed. And you have people showing up in, in these numbers that nobody's prepared for to to, to seek assistance and mm. Um, and there's just not enough available. That's, that's you the know problem the numbers. Well, the I'm chronic homeless, of, of it yeah, the chronic homeless is, 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 is about 2000 in the area in Tampa. Mm. Um, but see, and that's, that's part of the problem we focus on and, and, and we do it as well, the homeless, but that's kind of across the country. You're going to find smaller numbers of people choosing to be out there. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have. You know, I don't, I don't know what the number is here, but coming from Utah, it's like, uh, it was f- almost 400,000 people in the, in a state of just over 2 million people. So we're struggling or struggling at a poverty level. So mm. I'm going to guess it's at least as bad and probably worse here in the state of Florida. Mm. Wow. Yeah. We, it, and, and it's interesting because we get to know the people because we're ministering to them. That's how we even got into it is is at a deeper level, a very personal. So it's, you know, um, I, I know the stories. What someone might see on the outside is a person who's made some bad choices. What I know is you know, we're born into darkness a lot of times taught how taught stuff. And then the ones that I'm thinking of in particular found Christ don't want to have anything to do with the world, the drugs, the sex, anything else, but don't know that that's the only way they've, they've known the only way they knew to make money, the only way they knew how to survive. And now it's like, I want to change. Uh, I want, I want to experience something different. And, they don't fit in to, but, and yet like the, I'm, I'm didn't grow up aware of this. So I'm thinking about all the people that like myself, I grew up in middle-class America, nice home, nice schools, nice neighborhoods. It wasn't until I became a youth pastor and I ended up leading some kids to Christ who wanted me to meet their friends that I, I, I one time looked at the number, it was 50 kids and family members that I'd gotten to witness to and or lead to Christ. And none of them fit in the church. None of that. Like I would lead people to Christ and they would go, I want to come to your church. And I go, I wish that that would work, but it doesn't work. And I would tell them to go to a different church that was more accepting of people because the one that I had been hired at wouldn't accept them. They, they would let them in the door. They would even act nice to them. Oh, Wow. When are you going to cut your hair? Can I buy you a suit? 
And I mean, that that's laughable now because mm-hmm. nobody wears suits, especially here in Florida. But it, it was like, you don't fit in. And, and our way of showing you love is trying to get you to be able to fit in mm-hmm. that, that, and, and, and I saw like the other side of the tracks and I couldn't get away from it. I'm like, I, I fell in love with these people. I would go bring my guitar, sing in their home, talk to them about Jesus. And I go, this is church. And I can't get, if they come to church, they will get so turned off and turn off to God and religion and everything. And I'm like, but I want them to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm having these experiences going where and what in the world. And man, they were living in poverty. And I'm telling you, I just saw, this was my first stint in ministry. I was like, I, and I'm 20 something at this point. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I seeing this? Why is this world being open to me? And I think it was God, like, you know, like opening my eyes to something that now I look, Sefner's known as Methner, nicknamed Methner. Mm. And I go, and, and when, if you drive around and your eyes are open and you see all the neighborhoods and communities that are at or below poverty level, and you know how many, you know, meth users there are in the area and, 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 uh, you know, people that are addicted and human trafficking isn't the girls walking the streets all the time. It is happening <laughs> in our nice neighborhoods. It is happening in, in, in all kinds of places. And when, it was funny because I said that one time at, at one of the Hope for Her meetings and one of the police officers stood up and said, this man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and it was just like, because I was like, my eyes have been open and I'm like, God, we need to be aware of how the, the pandemic isn't COVID. It is a whole bunch of other stuff that needs to be addressed. And you guys are, are going after it and addressing it. What are some of the needs that Lighthouse has? Oh, wow. Um, nonprofits. I'm, I would bet if you talk with most, most of them, they'd tell you that, you know, um, we, we have more desire for ministry than funding. Mm-hmm. So of course that's always kind of a struggle yeah. uh, for, for, and then of course we're facilities heavy because we're housing people. And um, so uh, they just purchased a property to, 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 for more housing. But again, you can go to most, I, I would say if not every state, most state you're going to find that housing is going to be right in the top it three items, the right? Affordable housing. So how to, how to deal with that. And so, you know, and, and whether it's the church or, or the nonprofit sector that um, Tampa Hillsboro homeless initiative, they've purchased an apartment complex. And suddenly people are thinking in these terms Yeah, is, is how are we going to solve this? Well, we're not going to all sit around and wait for the government to come, you know, spend enough money. Ha ha ha. Um, and they're going to come up with solutions for these things. It's not. People are thinking the government's going to come in. Yep. And That's the disillusion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and they think there's a lot of government money. Like, like yeah. all you have to do is fill out some paperwork and you're going right. to get They'll print some more mega grants. Right. <laughs> and that's what you guys do. You just fill out a little paperwork and you get these mega grants. Right? Yeah. 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 So that doesn't, doesn't quite always happen, but, but so housing is going to be, um, in the top, of course that, and then, um, it's, I think we live in a very amazing time where we're hearing, you know, this, this, this whole freedom issue. And, um, we just saw this movie 
time. Uh, yes. And, and that's like front and center, this sex trafficking and all of its facets. It's, it's, uh, my first experience and understanding it was in, in, in Utah, um, where huge out there, huge. And the, the Osmonds. Yeah. Okay. So I live in, I live in Salt Lake city and the, the Osmond family is, they are entrenched in this that like the, um, like Tony Robbins who had gone, well, these guys are going and they're, they're funding, but they're also going on these rescue operations. And, and, um, and I was just like, wow. And, and listening about this underground railroad thing and all this. And, and so, and, and it's, and it's like recently it's, it's come front and center in the media and, you know, it's, it's a major problem and it's, un, it's just, I mean, if you don't, if you sit in the movie theater and, and you don't start falling apart, like, mm. you know, because you, 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 you're obviously seeing what, what's happening and, and that people just don't recognize this is going on, right? It's going on in Tampa. It's going on in Orlando. It's going on and, and children are involved and, and, and innocence is being violated and, and it just, hopefully it will upset some people and really get, you know, cause you to, to, to think about what, what things can be done. But, mm. you know, so you have that going on, you have the housing issue, of course, um, uh, is big and mental health, um, is right up in this arena. You know, when we deinstitutionalize putting people in safe places, well, they get their chucks they may stay in a motel for a week or two as long as they can afford with their homies and that whole thing. But then when they run out of money, they're back out there. And that's 80 plus percent of the people that are on the streets are, have some level of mental health problems. So <laughs> compounded problems. Yeah. One of the things is, is the type of ministry we do is I believe, it's about setting people free, getting them healed, body, soul, and spirit. You know, what, what's mm-hmm. kind of along the lines of what you would have learned at, you know, Karis. And and one of the reasons why we even put together some of what we have recently is going, I want to make it available for anybody because we give away, have given away historically a tremendous amount of personal ministry because we're dealing with more broken people a lot of times. Now, I, I will tell you this that people in every walk of life need more freedom, more, more healing and wholeness that wh- whether they realize it or not on the outside, you know, may look good, but they need that. But, but where it really impacts is that world. They're, they're carrying so much hurt, so much bitterness, so much abandonment, rejection, and the pills don't, are never going to heal that. Um, lightweight, you know, therapy counseling isn't going to deal. They're dealing with trauma a lot of times, um, lack of ability to trust, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and, and that's where my passion is, is getting like, like, you know, and, and it's all intertwined too, because one of the things that we wrestle with is a lot of them, you're going to be teaching this finance and freedom class they're the reason they can't afford to get help that they need is because that's an area of bondage that they need experience and learning. Now I've been learning about some organizations, like one of the ones that I've kind of mentioned, we're going to be interviewing Coral um, empowered to change. All of the people that are coming into their program are coming out of the court system. They have the opportunity to stay in jail or to be in this program. 
And, and um, they all have, I forget, like two weeks to have a job. You're going to ride for free for two weeks and you will have a job. And then you pay a program mm. fee. It's a part of it. And I, and because what we were looking at doing for human trafficking victims, and, and this is across the board, this is nobody making a lot of money. It was going to cost us $120,000 per person to house and minister to them, to, to give them everything that they need, you know, reasonably, not luxury. Mm. Now we, we had a nice house and, and, and we're still passionate about accomplishing the goal that God has called us to. But with that view, and there's another one I've been looking at, 51 acres out in Austin, Texas. And I, I want to actually go out there. A few people are, we're talking together and you're, I'm going to be inviting you. So that's what I was talking about after the thing <laughs> to, to go to take a look at this. And it's all tiny homes, RVs. Part of that community is Airbnb so that, People can go and stay in a tiny home and experience the larger community, but it is also community for the homeless. And so I'm going, I, I because we're not getting much support from the churches and I don't even go after that because most, I, I love these guys. They're friends of mine, but they all think you just coming in with your hand out. And I'm like, in this city, I have given away almost anything. I don't go in this city with my handout. I got people in other cities, churches in other cities that support us, that consider us missionaries, and I never even asked for it. I haven't not, and I'm still told that I'm someone who has um, an agenda. Most of the time, it's like, I want you, I, mm -hmm. I've got something that'll help you reach more of the lost people. I've got something that'll help you set more captives free. If that's an agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I am sorry, but, but th that's not where funding is coming from across the board. I, I don't know too many organizations that are our main emphasis are trying to raise money from churches. It, it, it is often, our, it's something people tell us to do because they know the church has money and the church talks about wanting mm -hmm. to do these things. Someone actually used our videos and stuff like that this year, part of their fundraiser. It was a successful fundraiser for their church and we never saw a dime. I'm hoping the other organizations got some of that. <laughs> but I'm like, like, that's not where it's coming from. The government, we went after grants and stuff like that. And we've gotten some small ones. We mm -hmm. couldn't survive on that. We're not done, done with that. But part of walking in freedom is getting financially healthy and whole. So mm -hmm. this organization, I saw what they did and, and uh, the, the one empowered to change, you know, and I'm like going, we, we began implementing some of that with the people that were staying here. And, and it's a lot of work to hold their feet to the fire, hold them accountable. But we're, It's we, the we right to, thing to do. And, and, it, and it was hard <laughs> the first time we had to go, we're going to have to say goodbye. You're going to have to leave because you're – and they, they found the, the ability, the resources. And, and so, like, it, it's, it's okay to, to have a program feed. That's what I, I watched – they're self-funded. They got 80 beds and and 40 men and 40 women. They're not doing a lot of the in-depth spiritual stuff, although they, they've just opened up a home that is faith-based because some of it was, I think, I don't know whether it was maybe to get funding or what, because not everybody that comes into the program is necessarily going to want Jesus. You know, we don't, we never cram anybody, Jesus down anybody's throat. But then, you know, for you guys, it's faith-based as well, isn't it? 
Correct. And they know that coming in. If they're going to sign up for this, the um, recovery program, they know that they're signing up. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty strict environment because we also have they can't smoke in yeah. our facility, so they have to go. They have to deal with you know whether they need assistance with that. But the reality is, they know coming in the door that, um, you know, and I think part of that uh, is because they've been around a while, so yeah. they've proven what they do works. Yeah. So our program over there is actually being uh, looked at, modeled in other parts of the country because, you know, that's the benefit of having uh, this larger CityGate network organization is we can, you know, go to conventions and go to trainings and understand what things are working like the, the, the small houses and, and the nonprofits that are getting on board with, the traditional way of doing things uh, is not all going to work. And some people are doing, you know, businesses, uh, social enterprises and things yeah. and finding ways to, to um, generate funding. And, and of course the, the, I think the better model of course is, um, and I think we read that in scripture. If you don't work, yeah. you don't eat. Yeah. And, and, and so with what we're utilizing um, and, and others are saying, you know, teaching people the dignity of mm-hmm. working. With, and it doesn't mean you have to be making huge sums of money, but when you can participate yeah. and get involved in the, in the, in the, 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 the cycle of, of life and the, and the community of believers is mm-hmm. go read the book of Acts. I mean. It didn't say, and the wealthiest one in this community provide. No, everybody brought something to the table. Everybody got involved. Mm -hmm. And if they were liquidating stuff or, you know, uh, having worked in the nonprofit for a long time, we have more stuff in our closets and in our garages that Mm -hmm. we keep saving, thinking we're going to, we're going to use it one day or, and um, just go to any of our local thrift stores and you find um, things that are still have new tags on them and, and they barely got used because we have such abundance. And so hopefully, you know, God is speaking into our hearts because, you know, uh, of, of the people, because the church, you know, we, we would love to see them take front and center and be the, be part of the solution. But for someone that's worked in the environment, um, the church isn't the one doing it. It's now it's the people, it is. the people in the yeah. pews when they, yep. When they're the ones speak, that's why in a smaller church, it's easier to, for them to grasp it because when they come and you, you put a table in the back or whatever, and you say, here's what we're doing. And, and these smaller numbers are speaking to the leadership because they have that Mm -hmm. in a smaller environment versus, you know, you get in these mega churches and, and, and you don't know, you can meet people uh, on a given day that you've. They've been members of the congregation for years and you've never seen them because mm-hmm. it's so big. But, you know, because it's small, you you, you can and, and the people embrace it and say, hey, we need to we need to do this. We need to do something. We need to get out of the walls. We need to get involved and participate. And so that's what I've found works better is mm-hmm. it's it, yes, it's the people. And so hopefully uh, people continue to deal with those strategies and understand that, you know, Getting into somebody's pulpit is 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 a, is a hard thing because, yeah. you know, they're protecting their that what they've already established and and you know again I I I've been in pastoral ministry and um, I understand as the shepherd you have to 
you know, the things you're supposed to be doing. And, and of course, there are some crazies, right? So you have some things you got to deal with, but, but, uh, but the overall, of course, is, um, you know, uh, in, in Leviticus, okay. It talks about this leprosy that manifests in the buildings and, and on people and all these different facets, right? Well, all, all that, uh, and it's hard for, you know, 21st century people to even grasp that. But um, I find that he's talking about spiritual, you know, he's trying to teach us spiritual things. And uh, so you're seeing physical manifestations. I'm, I'm going to guess you are, you, you understand all those because yeah, of what you guys right. do. So these physical manifestations of spiritual problems mm-hmm. and, you know, and again, we look at it and go, oh, you know, generally speaking, people just look at these things and don't, don't uh, grasp what's, what's happening here, but people in, in healing ministries and, and these get, having to get deeper with people and having to get closer, you know, <laughs> even in church, there's still people mm. and people are messy. Mm. They get emotional and they get, you know, all this stuff goes on. And, and a lot of people that, uh, you know, it's like, wait a minute. Okay. This is getting, this is getting messy. This is getting hard. This is getting personal. This is getting emotional. And, but it's like, that's what's probably one of the biggest things that's needed. It's like, if we're not getting to what, what's where people are at and they are so many, even, even, I came from a middle-class home in Colorado Springs, the, the Christian Mecca. It's a Silicon mountain yeah. of Christianity focus on the family and compassion and all these huge mm-hmm. mega international ministries. And I went and started volunteering in this little office. Um, they rented an office in a, in a storage facility and they dressed it up as a chapel. And we started picking up people in a, in a 15 passenger van that the door would fall off, you know, and you slide it open and we just, you know, put it back on there and picking up homeless people. And we just, you just start with a heart of trying to be compassionate, but then the longer you're involved, you start seeing this stuff is all way deeper than just this surface chaos you're seeing. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's what my hope would be is that the church the people of God, the body of Christ would rise up and recognize, you know, yes, we know, love the Lord, your God with all of who you are. And then what does it look like to love your neighbor? Mm -hmm. And if you really get good, then he tells you to go love your enemy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll keep us all busy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, wow. There's so many ways for people to get involved, um, and and uh, and and I know, like, I, I got a buddy that got on fire for the Lord, got his Bible college degree, had come out of the business world, and he was going down and ministering in one of the missions. I don't know for sure if it was Lighthouse, but it was like was you know wanted pulpit time in churches and stuff like that but had an anointing and, and I'm like, wow, there are people that wish they'd have a chance to preach at their church and, and, and have a passion and they don't have those opportunities, but there are places that are just like lighthouse where the men need someone to come and bring truth and bring freedom. There, there's opportunity for people to serve at that kind of level. What are some mm-hmm. other arenas that people could serve? 
Well, um, you know, obviously mentoring and getting involved with individuals' lives is a, uh, there's always need for that, of course. Um, and, um, up you at know, a, I, that's happening with, cause we have a family member that's, that's mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. facility and, and we got to see him get baptized and these men came up to him and were like, Hey, what would you like to drink or eat? And, uh, and he's like t- chatting with them for a little bit. And, and he had only been in the program less than a month, I think. And, uh, and so he's like, these are my sponsors or one of them's my sponsor. I don't know, but, but, um, but, uh, and, and so they're building relationship with him and here he was at church and they're, they're looking to care for his needs. And that would, that was encouraging for us because, because we've watched him kind of flounder on his own and, and make wrong choices and to go, wow, there are people. And it was, ha- it was at a mega church. I probably didn't, wasn't a program of the church, but maybe that would be amazing <laughs> if it was, but, but, but that's where it's people in all different kind of churches that are going, I want to do something. What are some of the things? Well, it, it, uh, mentoring, of course, and uh, we have all the way down to uh, what I didn't mention earlier is we have our, our kids clubs. And, um, so we have after school programs for children mm-hmm. as well. So um, needing volunteers, volunteers for all those different things, of course. Um, and, and, you know, the, I, I, again, when you reflect on being in ministry for lengthy amount of time, and people come up and say, how can I help? And when you tell them something, it wasn't really what they thought of when, okay, because you got this entire, you know, baby boomer generation, people that are retired that, man, the wisdom, the wealth of wisdom that's mm-hmm. there for them to get involved. And, you know, so they'll go and sit at the front desk and answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, their careers, they could be pouring out and, and, and helping people. Mm-hmm. So I would tell them to, you know, get, get engaged where yeah. the, the, there's all these giftings that God's already given you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, the other thing of course is e- even with businesses, I, I, I've seen where folks would, um, it's, it's, you know, I didn't see it so much in the last handful of years because and I was in, uh, Utah when COVID came, and so getting the community as a whole to get engaged was a little bit of a challenge because we were closed. The building was closed, but um, we found other ways to, to deal with things. But, um, but, I, but again, I would say people that are, uh, I know here there's a Christian businessmen's organization. So you got these people that are already expressing outwardly that they want to get involved and participate. Um, so there's a great, bunch of people there that I, I would say, you know, go find out what's in their heart. And there are probably some already in, in the, in, whether it's this arena, whether it's how many people I've met in my, my past that said, well, my brother, my, my brother's son, somebody in the family went through addiction and it's like, well, then you know what this is all about. And, uh, you know, how can you get involved, become a volunteer? How can your business participate? Well, some people get paid to do volunteer work from their jobs or to um, uh, there's funding opportunities, whether it's through the, the government where you can designate funds. And, and so there's just, you know, there's lots of ways they can do that as well, because we know we can't pay the 
the bills with food boxes and and so we need financial support so there's it's and again the people that are being creative and understanding there's more than one way to do it and we live in a day where you can there's just lots of different Mike, things Mike that get Williams involved. Is a pretty cool example of that. Oh yeah, Christian comedian. <laughs> and my kids watched him on a show called Bananas when when uh, they were young. We had the Bananas videos, and they loved Mike Williams. And we had a banquet here, and a buddy of mine was like, "Do you know Mike Williams?" Um, and he's a comedian. And and at first, like, didn't ring a bell. And then I was like, "Wait a second, yeah, I know that again," because he had said he was working at Lighthouse. And so I called him, went over there, and I, and I and I just thought it was so amazing because he took that skill set, sure, and has and 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 was like, I want to do something with it, and has helped you guys with fundraising mm-hmm. and helped get other comedians involved in doing events and stuff like that. Yeah, well, they they use it, and that's one of my favorite kinds of things is doing something fun so that people can come and they are drawn to doing something that they'll enjoy and then they get exposed to that's what happens with the 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 lighthouse laughs is then they take through that time and they have people share testimonies of where they're come coming from or uh that they were that they're in recovery programs mm-hmm. so they take a difficult topic they do it in a, an environment where they're going to do something that's you know they, they'll enjoy and they get exposed to 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 the the problem that, mm-hmm. that's that we're they this kind of problem that we're dealing with yeah. and how to get involved. Yeah. So for us, you can, we can get, they can get involved as, as young as kids making cards for women or men mm-hmm. and giving, you know, we think we're thinking we're, you can go preach the paint off the wall. But when a child gives a, a mother at an event, uh, they give them gifts and they give them a handmade card from a child mm. that ministers. I think that ministers more. Mm. So from young to old, from an individual to groups, to businesses, to churches. Um, that's what I think my job ends up being is when people show an interest. It's like, okay, well, how do we take and harness people's hearts desires is to get involved and, and, and to have impact and, when we can make those connections, I think that's a, you know, it blesses the people that come and get involved, whether it's through finances or others, other charitable ways. And they can, you know, so we're ministering to them, but then they're ministering back to us because having worked in the nonprofit sector for right at 30 years, um, I get paid. I get, I get paid because people give. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not the front and center thing that we do, but, it's a byproduct of, you know, again, getting people to recognize it's not the government that's going to solve these things. Yep. It's going to be people in their communities that, you know, the, the things that they're seeing that they're asking for, okay, these things aren't working. Let's try something different. Let's try new things. And that's where all these other types of initiatives across the country are, are being embraced to help the homeless or, um, you know, uh, just people struggling where they're at, um, you know, cause incarcerating people, how's that working? It, that, that's, that's not solving much mm-hmm. of a problem, yeah. you know, except, you know, the immediate getting them off the street when they're doing wrong things, but mm-hmm. long-term it's not rehabilitating or changing people. And I, and I'm, that's not to totally hammer them, but, but generally these are all general statements. They're not 
solving a lot of things by doing that. So it's, you know, the, it's the chaplain that goes in there, yeah. you know, that's holding a study or doing uh, teaching and embracing and helping. I've been getting to know a guy um, who was a one percenter gang. One percenter came out of that world. And uh, now he um, does a lot of stuff in the jails, the, the county jails here and is um, in, in like at his church, you know, they've like tried to figure out what to do with him because he's in a, in a big church and he's, but he's like a big, you know, guy. And, and he's like, I just don't care what they say, you know, um, like it doesn't make a difference. I know what God's calling me to do and he's doing something about it. And, and uh, you know, and it, cause he's like, that was me. And I want, I want to connect with these guys. I want to, I want to show them the truth. And it's just, I, I love those stories. I love those people that are, that they are the church. They're be, being the church. Um, another thing that I've been excited about lately is the collaboration. There's a difference in the unity I feel among all the different organizations that are caring and helping people. There's a, there's, I don't, I don't feel the, the sense of jockeying or, or it's, it's more like, how can I help you is so real. It's genuine. It is not lip service. Um, it, it is, we, we, I need help. You need help. How can we help each other? Just seems <laughs> to be, yeah, the real thing. And, um, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? What well, you, you know, um, uh, so I've been on, on the, on a board of a continuum of care before, um, and the cities have come up with the five or 10 year plans to end homelessness. And, and of course they might want to read scripture that we're going to always have folks struggling, but certainly trying to have impact. And, uh, I think that's, and, and, and helping as many as you can, you know, but, you know, that, that they, so been, been on that side. And one of the, 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 I'll tell you a couple of things real quick. One, of course, the first people I, I really surprisingly in, 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 in the evangelical world was the Catholics. Mm. These folks have been doing compassion ministry. You, you know, if you go back in history, they, mm. they, they built missions all the way to the West coast and, you know, to evangelize and, and, uh, by helping people. Mm. Um, and I found in the beginning years that I got involved that a lot of people that you would never think, well, they're, you know, they're different and they do, you know, we start thinking religiously and it's like, where well, they're different than we are. And then, oh, let's add in the next group, the government. And well, once they recognize the government people, I'm not dealing with the funding you're dealing with. I don't even, I don't even ask for it. We raise all our monies. Mm-hmm you know, privately and, 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 and through foundations and, and through, you know, going out and raising money. So we don't take any government support. So once they kind of started to recognize I, I'm not here participating because I'm trying to find out how to get my slice of the pie, then we started to find out, well, I, we're small. We're, I mean, compared to, you know, even here, like metropolitan ministries or Catholic charities. Well, um, I can't compete at that level with these folks, but finding your niche and finding how we can 
fill in the gaps and help and assist. Then we start, we started really start to work together, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what I, I you know, I, I'm, the, I work at lighthouse and I have the freedom to, I'm out in the community and I'm, I'm, you know, it's relational and building relations and, and, and assisting. And it's like, guess what? And we did one and we helped this one and we, then we helped that family and, 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 and things are getting done because waiting for <laughs> now they're all waiting for their next payload from the government funding cycle to f- provide funds for housing assistance. And it's like, well, they can blow through that, you know, and then guess what? They're, they 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 don't have it. It's not available. And I was like, well, they did the well didn't dry up with people coming and needing help. So, you know, again, people that might otherwise not have been partners we would have been looking to and government agencies. It's interesting when people can recognize, hey, look, leave all that at the door. We're all about helping people. Mm-hmm. And suddenly look and, and see who, oh wow, look who becomes your strategic partners that you grow in relationship with. And that's what it's, all these things are about is relationships. And as we develop those, I can't do all things for all people, but I I find who the the ones that getting closer and recognizing that they have my cell phone number in their phone. Mm -hmm. And when I get a call from pastor Manny, (laughs) I, you know, I'm, I'm helping him, uh, you know, he's right there on the, he's on the front line working yeah. with the homeless or yeah. et cetera. You, you know, yeah. you, you build your strategic partnerships and um, we're still getting a lot of accomplished in a sea of need. Yeah. Yeah. So you ever experience compassion fatigue? Wow. Good question. Can you define that word for us? Uh, <laughs> For, for those that aren't used to it. Well, um, I can tell you uh, in probably my, it was right around my fifth year in ministry. I was a single in, in man. And so it was okay. You're, you're serving God. You can do 80 hours and you're running at 110 miles an hour all day and night and picking up guys in the middle of the night and going sitting at Denny's, you know, trying to save them. And uh, I ended up getting sick. Mm, I ended wow. up, uh, I was in the hospital and I had a sinus infection on top of bronchitis. And when you can't draw breath and you're go to the hospital cause you're, cause you're struggling, just inhaling and exhaling. I went to the doctors. They, uh, checked me out, did some tests. They said, okay, got two, two, uh, uh suggestions for you, Mr. Vasquez. Number one, you can either go tell your boss that you're taking a month off and we're going to start you with a breeding treatment and you're going to be uh, staying home and until you recover from this bronchitis or two, we'll check you into the hospital right now. So I, I, I got a, I, I can't say that was a revelation from God, um, but I got a revelation that I was going to take a month off of serving and all the reasons. And I believe I had an epiphany while I was staying at home and I didn't hear an audible voice, but in my spirit, I heard I died for them. Mm. And God's not asking me to kill myself and, you know, to prove I either I love him or that I love the people I'm trying to reach. 
So I learned how to say no in ministry. Mm. I guard my weekends. I guard my family life. Mm. I, I don't, you know, I got into a few issues with Facebooking my opinions before. <laughs> so, so I've learned in leadership, you, you know, you know your audience, guard your time and your family. And, um, and I've still had plenty of opportunity to minister and serve and do compassion ministry. And yeah, that's how you make it 27 years. Yeah. You, you have to, or you burn out those priorities the the, the times where uh, it's, it's interesting because the Lord stopped me in my tracks um, right at the beginning of COVID praise God. I was ministering to someone who was a naturopathic doctor and they had tests. It was when everybody, there were people, there were, clinics getting a hundred percent COVID positive, like everybody they tested was, you know, and I, and, and I had, I actually had, um, five, uh, um, five influenzas, two adenoviruses and no COVIDs in, in this test that that's who I was working, who I'd been ministering to that week. But I knew I was like, I need to cancel. It was, it was an intensive, somebody coming in from out of town. I need to cancel this and get some rest and take care of myself. And, and I learned to listen to my body and, and that was, and, and I, they appealed. Some of my team members appealed and I was like, I normally don't, I normally have just learned, man, if you've been burning the candle, there's a time, like for me, it's like a hard Sabbath. Whenever that's happening, it's like, all right, you don't take care of yourself a lot of times like you should. And now it's you're seeing some signs and I ignored those signs and I spent four weeks in bed with, with I, I didn't have a choice. I, I, I got up one night, probably in the first week or so. And I looked in the mirror and I was ashen. I was like, that's the closest to death. I think I've ever seen myself. And all I could do is crawl back in bed. And uh, you know, it was like, like pretty wild, but yeah. We, we, in, in, especially in this arena, um, have to learn to, we are, <laughs> I, I learned to say, I am not Jesus. I'm not anybody's savior. I can be his hands and feet, but I, you know, I'm not him. And, uh, so it's hard, but the yeah. more you, you see the need and. Yep. Self-care and, and this you know, we use this word therapy, but we all need people to talk to. You need yeah. someone to, to, to get these things, especially in ministry. Um, I'm sure, you know, ministers that have fallen. And when you go back and find out when they when you get a chance to find out from them, well, what, what happened? What, where did you, why did you, I mean, you have all, you're on the pinnacle, you're all these people around you. And it's like, I have no one to talk to. Because people don't understand, you know, they, they talk about leadership, but it's lonely at the, in the top seat. And so, but I'm thankful that I, some great leaders have been in my life and, um, Andrew Womack, of course, um, Hey, you know, you just look at their lives and they're still. Mm-hmm. moving forward they're do they're doing their ministries they're helping people yeah. they're still ministering and just make sure you 
keep keep self care and that you know how to how to rejuvenate yourself uh with God's help of course and um who do you have to be accountable and stay in 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 in, in making sure that you're when you know that people know that you're pushing it a little too much yeah. to love in love and encourage you to say hey you need to take a, a little downtime and uh s- take care of yourself because can't serve him from the the grave. Yep. Yep. It's part of my motivation for working out, for eating healthy, is I'm like going, I, I want to serve the Lord and serve him well as long as I can and and have to take care of the temple as part of that. So, Amen. Well, would you pray for our, um, our listeners? Um, I think specifically that, uh, um, as uh, first of all, as the Holy Spirit would lead you. But one of the things I'm thinking is people might be impacted and want to get involved. And would you just pray for for um, an increase in 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 that capacity and however the Lord would lay on your heart to pray concerning that? Because I want to see people. We need people involved and and you guys need people involved in the finances and stuff like that and um so yeah just pray us out if you would certainly certainly thank Thank you you, richard father we just uh come before you and we uh, lay this time at your feet father and um thank you for richard thank you for the this opportunity thank you for the ministries that we serve uh, that are centered around our worship and love for you, Father, but to reach out and help people. Um, it is not sexy. This is not sexy ministry. This is, but these things are needed. They're hurting broken people everywhere we turn. We don't have to go very far. We, we really don't even have to go to other nations. We can find this in our own, our own neighborhoods, Father, hurting and struggling people. Father, and, and it, any leader that I've talked to, if they were asked, you know, what would you do if you had more resources? It's always, we would do more housing. We would provide the, 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 the things that people need. We would, we would give. We would do more. Um, we're, and we're only limited by what we can, what we in our own selves can do. So I, I pray, Father, that as people hear the needs of the ministry, Father, that again, it's, we're talking about a dying world, mm. Father, and your heart's desire is that no one perish, Father. And, but it, but if they don't hear, if people don't hear about Jesus, if they don't hear that there's better than what they're experiencing, and there is hope. There is opportunity to change the future today. This is not out there. This is this is today. Yes. But what it requires, Father, is for people to respond to your calling, for people to the wooing of the spirit, the spirit that's you know asking us to step into serving and doing and helping, Father, and giving. There are those that have the capacity to to give because they, they understand the problem. They understand what's going on. And father that, you know, the more often that we stand around and sit around and pray about it, 
for, for more confirmations that we're supposed to move. Father, we should live as believers knowing the lights are green every day, all day long till you show us a red light to stop and to pause and to take note. Father, we should live that way, believing uh, the book of Acts that yes. we're supposed to see miracles. We're supposed to see healing. We're supposed to see anything that is just not a normal happenstance, that yes, that is Lord. what we expect to see happen, yes. that it's more normal for us to expect you to move, for things to happen, for people to be freed in Jesus' name. These are, And, you know, this is the people that are hearing this this. This is resonating. And Father, for when we hear that in our spirit, you know, we know as spiritual people that you're speaking to our spirit that we would do something. And I'm not talking about works unto salvation, but because we love you, that it would cause us to get up off our blessed assurance, Father, and stretch and stretch yes. and move and do, yes. Father God, for your kingdom's sake for your kingdom's sake, because the the light is still shining right now. Mm -hmm. But we know because we know our scripture that a day is coming. A day is coming and it's going to, it's going to come upon us before we think about it. And, and, it, and, and that's it. The, 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 the it's, it's done and we're not going to have more opportunity father. So just pray father that people that hear these things, um, Father, and as you speak to their spirit, that they would be, you know, it's not about motivating people. I don't think we can really motivate people. They either know in their heart that they're hearing from the one true king mm. and they would act. Yes, they Lord. would do and go forward and to step up and say, you know, we read about these things. Send me, Lord. Utilize me, Lord. I pray these things that they would glorify your son, that he would be glorified, Father, by people's desire to see your kingdom come. And we have a part to play in that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we were praying, I was just, here am I, send me. We need more of those. Who will go for me? <laughs> You know, God was asking that question. And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Lord, I pray for more of those. Here am I, send me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being one of those. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation and just the opportunity to encourage yeah. uh, the the people of God. This, You know? Yep. Amen. So Awesome. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. So...